Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to the Desi Sportscast Football Show with Nevin and myself. And it's a warm good afternoon to Nevin. Hello, how are you today, my friend? All good, all good. It's not uh, not particularly warm. I mean, relatively, because it rained a lot in the morning. Uh, it's British British weather here. Well, I beg to differ today, my friend, because it is very warm today. Uh, it's not often I can say that, and it's been a long time since I have said it. But uh, as you know, Leicester is always beautiful. But today, the sun is shining, and it's a very big day for the city, and I'm sure we'll talk about that before. So it's um, it's it's really nice to say it's a beautiful day outside here. Um, I'm sorry it's raining here, so this uh, situation slightly changed because, you know, what we've talked about previously about what you look outside your window and what I look outside. Oh, I love the window. I, I love the rain. Though. You I do? Love the rain. So I have no complaints. So how's your week been, my friend? Exciting. Um, I mean, exciting in terms of what I'm planning to do and stuff like that. But like, generally what is happening with the country, with the, the COVID virus are really hitting us hard. Uh, that way, it's been a little depressing uh, to go to social media. Uh, you know, if I may call out, I think uh, the lack of the lack of political will from all parties and all politicians has just been very um, staggeringly bad in that in that respect. But I'm just trying to look at the positives. Yeah, it is shocking the way it's turned and gone back to worse than it's ever been in fact worse than i think the first wave and um it's frightening as well when you see the numbers and you know we've talked about this for over a year now and i thought certainly in england we have turned a corner and you have to say one of the very few things the government here has got right has been the vaccination program and the way they've handled the latest lockdown and the openings up seem to be working and our figures are going back to what they were after the first lockdown and um, we're going the right way and one of the signs being there's going to be fans at the semi-final today and like I said we'll talk about that later but that's a totally different picture to where you are I mean this is a football show but we can't deny what's happening around us why has it gone so badly um I mean uh, you and I know the answer uh, we had an entire year to prepare uh, our part infrastructure after the Beds, really prepare for the vaccine, and yet it was a lot of PR gimmick saying we 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 fought Corona, we are this, we are that. But the truth is, we we've done nothing. Nothing has changed. I I have friends who are doctors, and they are on the verge of crying. They're like, you know, if only they cared. That's the question they keep asking. If only they cared about us. If uh, if only they knew the kind of stress that we go through. The phone constantly busting for help, uh, helplessness of doctors, no oxygen, no medicine, no ventilator. It's just, I lost a relative very uh, in, the, in the last few days. And no, I'm so sorry. He was admitted uh, that day morning and he, you know, he lost his life in the evening. So it, it's, it's, that, uh, it's that crazy. And unfortunately, we can't even visit him because of the restrictions mm. and everybody just scared of what was going on. Um, and yet, you can't go and see your relative, but yet you have the Prime Minister of the country, the Home Minister, uh, opposition parties, all holding massive, massive rallies across the country, uh, allowing uh, religious gatherings of huge numbers. And I'm just not saying about Kumela. It's happening here in Kerala as well. We have the Shud Puram, which is also a massive festival. Everything is going on. People are. I have no idea what is going on. I. Really, it feels like Will uh, uh, Smith's movie that I am legend. I yeah. feel like some of us are trapped in this house and the rest of us are away and of course, it's just... Yeah. It's well, I want to mention the Kumila and this is going to be controversial, but um, I saw the pictures and I they were frightening. They were frightening when you see what's happening um, or what was the trend and for that event to be allowed to happen, you know, Religion plays a big part back home, I know, but um, you know, life surely, surely, life is more important that you can do the Kumela next year in a safe environment. Um, I, I'm not sure about what's happening in, in other places. I didn't know about the uh, festival in your state, 
but um, yeah, it's it's just like it's a free for all at the moment. It seems, and uh, it's disappointing, very very disappointing, especially um, like I said, uh, just to share where we are. Uh, it's totally opposite. But we'll talk about that. Let's talk about more pleasant things. And um, I want to stay start off by saying, take a bow, Thiraj. Um, what a performance yesterday. And I don't want to start by saying that to say. It was all defensive, backs to the wall, goalkeeper, but he really amazing performance yesterday in the game. And I, I'm one of those uh, uh, few people who have been very critical of David. I don't, I've never rated him as one of the best in the country. I, I like a lot of people keep giving him chances, and I've always thought, you know, he's okay with the short stopping, but not necessarily the most commanding inside the box or in terms of distribution, but. Uh, it, it's something that FC Goa does so well. They get they get players and they improve them. And uh, it's good to see Virat has also got this confidence back. Uh, another player that I have to talk about is Glenn. Glenn Martin. Yes. Like nobody, I mean, educated want him. This is traded him off for Lenny. And he's, he was all over the pitch and he plays with a heart on his sleeves. And amazing. I, I, I don't think there is any Goan player, including a foreigner, who we can say didn't perform. They mm. all were in it. They were all willing to slog. They were all, uh, you know, part of one unit. And uh, credits to the coach, credits to the management. And uh, this is the reason why I think, um, as neutrals, we we all love FC Goa. It's, it's this uh, team spirit that they've cultivated with limited resources. It's not one of the most, uh, you know, flashy teams that spend a lot of money and get the right players. They've they've been very clever with their uh, resources and they've built a very strong. Yeah, and um, you know, I think you're quite right to say all the players rose to the occasion that it was a Champions League, the continental uh, top trophy in the continent, and uh, the way they performed in both the games so far have been, you know, incredible to watch and really good to watch. Being fans of Indian football, and two players you mentioned, um, I, I brought up Diraj obviously before the performance yesterday, and he really did save uh, a late winner uh, for the UAE club. But Glenn Martins as well. I mean, we covered the ISL and I felt, why haven't I mentioned this player? Why haven't I asked Nevin about this player? Because his performances have been incredible. I mean, he's playing against top, top level continental teams and he stood out. Why I did think, uh, he? Came, I think he came back to Goa from ATK as a man who's motivated because even when uh, the trade-off had happened, when Lenny uh, went to ATK and Glenn came uh, to FC Goa. Uh, FC Goa went ahead and got Amarjit. And Amarjit was, uh, I mean, has been touted as the next big centre midfielder from India. So even Sunil Chetri, I remember at the Intercontinental Cup asking him to leave the Viking club. So everybody thought Amarjit was the successor to Lenny's role in that FC Goa side. But plan is like, hello, this is my home team. I am a Goan. I've got my abilities. And most importantly, and I think we've discussed this so many times, sir, he uh, he typifies, I think, what Indian footballers do best: work, 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 work. I think that's 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 our key strength. Our players not really, you know, uh, upset with having to work throughout the game, and he is that kind of player. He puts in a lot of work, a lot of tackles. I think. I don't know. So many times you would think the you know the opposition has got a good chance and they're going to score a goal, and suddenly Glenn's leg come out of nowhere, and this is one one small touch that takes the ball away. And uh, and I thought he was making a lot of positive runs forward as well. Mm. I thought uh, a few opportunities were missed. Uh, he made the runs, but they couldn't you know find the right passes to him. So complete box to box midfielder and. Uh, and I hope everybody is watching. And I hope everybody is watching and saying, hey, FC Goa were very clever. Look at the players they've managed to get in the winter transfer window. They got Dheeraj, they got Glan, they got Amarjit. It's like they improved the team in a winter transfer window. Very, uh, very clever work. Yeah, because I remember when the transfer was done, the swap with ATK, and um, I was surprised that uh, Goa let go of um, uh, Lenny. Lenny. And, um, you know, uh, but you, you said it. You know, this is a very uh, well-run club by the looks of it. They've got good uh, coaching staff and good backroom staff, um, knowing what they're uh, are doing and developing these players. Because you know, Diraj is a very young goalkeeper, and um, 
uh, Glenn Martins again. Um, I think he's, uh, I'm not sure how old he is, but uh, the performance is, he, he's 25, is, uh, is he 25? No, 26. So, you know, a brilliant young prospect um, that wasn't even in our thoughts when we were playing the ISL, but he'll definitely be a player that I'll be looking for next season. But looking at both the games, um, what what are your thoughts? I know we were talking during the first game and we shared our thoughts, but um, yeah, overall, both games, how do you think Goa performed? We did discuss this in our last pod as well, right? We were like, I think, uh, I, I I was pretty confident of at least a, a good showing because this is, I mean, like, again, going back to my previous point, I think this is how an Indian team is best suited to play football. To like really have a good shape, sit back, defend, counter, and I think uh, with the kind of ability that uh, FC Goa have at their disposal, I think uh, this is bound to happen. Um, I am a little upset, uh, not upset, uh, I am a little surprised by the fact that the visiting teams didn't think of you know breaking that pattern a little. I don't know why they didn't try from long distance. I thought they should have been hitting that from a long distance and. Uh, asking their forwards to charge because our keepers don't really catch a lot more. So hit them on target and ask the forwards to run. So they, I thought in terms of preparation, these other teams didn't really prepare thinking, hey, this is going to be an easy you know, cakewalk for us. Um, and probably they saw the national team play and thought, hey, this team is nowhere uh, near our level. So uh, uh, this is partly, the results are partly down to the uh, lack of preparation from uh, from the other teams, but take nothing away from FC Goa. I thought they were really good in both matches, especially the second match. They could, I mean, one could argue that they deserved all three points as well. Created a lot of good chances, and uh, and this is without that fourth uh, foreign player. This was a three plus one, uh, uh, or a fifth foreign player of the team. So this is again, I think this is what we've all been crying out for. Right? Everybody said the ISL standards were going to go down if you take away, take away another foreigner. Asset, they're they're playing really well in the Champions League. So, and it, it's become an opportunity to have the likes of Ishan Pandita and uh, Devendra, all all these Indian forwards to get a, a you know go play uh, an AFC match as well. So, why aren't they playing in our uh, domestic league? We need our forwards. We need Indians to be playing in that position. So, uh, frankly speaking, it's not an, a big surprise. Like we like we discussed. Uh, uh, in our last part as well, I think uh, there was a possibility we were all going to really sit and watch how FC Goa was going to line up. Were they going to go out thinking that this is Indian week and going to go all out attack? But they understood the competition, sat back, defended, and uh, I have only nothing. I have only praise for the team. I think they did really well. Hundred percent. And um, I know in the last podca- podcast uh, you did say you know how, how you think they'll perform and that's exactly how they did you know they'll stand up but I think quite rightly you, you said that if um, Goward won yesterday it wouldn't have been uh, unfair I think it would have been uh, a, a fair result if they uh, got that goal and uh, won the game yesterday and because this is a very very tough group and you have to pay respect to the other three teams who've got a lot of experience in continental football uh, especially the Qatari and the UAE team are funded, you know, as you would expect them to be. And the Iranian club has got an incredible record in continental clubs. So this is a very tough group. And Goa did play uh, to their strengths, really. But um, you have to also say that it wasn't a back-to-wall sort of performance. And it just highlighted, you know, when the national team got that nil-nil away to Qatar, it was very much a, uh, a back-to-wall sort of performance uh but this wasn't you can't say this about both the games really could uh goa did have their chances absolutely and uh, and i i think uh, again we discussed about iceland last time around and yeah. and clubs like that uh, teams like that i think uh india needs to embrace that i think that's that's not a bad way of playing football no. to be really organized uh, to really have a good counter-attacking plan to really counter them with pace I was so impressed with the likes of Brandon as well. He was mm. so confident on the ball. He wasn't really getting, you know, worried about a, a, a foreign player rushing towards him. He kept the ball with him, looked for the right passes. Uh, Seraton, another stellar performance from the right back position. I think he was there from last ditch tackle to making, you know, 100 meters close to the other side. So, uh, so many positives. And uh, yeah, 
uh, I think this, when you say being, uh, when you talk about being defensively organized, it's not necessarily just parking the bus and just thwarting whatever comes your way, right? You mm-hmm. can be defensively organized since we play football. That is to really have a good uh, organization in your defensive half. A lot of passes, triangles being formed, people opening up spaces. It's not just, you know, putting two layers of uh, men and just hitting whatever comes their way. So, I think that is what I'm trying to hope. And that's what I think Goa did. Goa didn't like just put like two layers because they understood by doing that, there is no way you can stop a quality team. Mm-hmm. So they understood they have to play their football. And this is a football that Goa can play. They are good with the ball. Uh, especially in India, I think they're the best when it comes to really keeping the ball and keeping the position. So, they are relied on their strength, right to hit on the pay, uh, counter. And yeah, maybe, uh, you know, things could have changed here and there. And, uh, you know, Goa could have easily had three points yesterday mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, and the other thing that, um, you know, was really good to see, that all the players were comfortable on the ball. It wasn't as if there were bad passes going or they were, you know, panicking when they had the ball, which was different to watching the national team play, especially in the uh, second friendly, and to a certain extent in the first friendly as well against Oman. Um, that was really good to see. I think it's a, I think it's a fact that the team is, uh, they're playing together as a team. They, they care about each other. And even when, even, even when you saw, uh, you know, a couple of players making mistakes. Um, I thought uh, that uh, last save by Dheeraj uh, was induced by the fact that Xavier Gama made a mistake in the left-back position. He gave away the ball cheaply. And I was looking for immediate reaction. Are they going to like really go and, you know, scream at Gama? But no, they are all like, you know, just let's do this, you know, let's keep playing. And these are things, especially, I mean, these are things that I really miss uh, noting from the stand. It's, it's been a while since I got to see like a proper football match. But... Uh, I mean, I, actually, no, I did, I did see a couple of Canada Premier League matches, but like uh, the, the ISL levels, for example. I do miss observing these little, little things and uh, luckily you could see it on your TV about uh, uh, about how the, uh, the players reacted to these kind of mistakes and they were really in it as a team. I think that's the point I want to highlight. Uh, this wasn't uh, this wasn't just uh, an individual performance from somebody or a lucky, lucky draw or something. This was a well-trained squad uh, playing to their uh, fullness and playing to their uh, coaches' plans. I think uh, I can, like, like I said earlier, I think it's just only praise for Goa. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean that we're going to win the AFC Champions League. But this is this is the only way forward. And I hope every other team is watching. Everybody, everybody else is thinking, hey, this is probably how we want to organize our uh, football teams as well. Do you think Coach Timak was watching? And learning, maybe. I don't think so. Uh, let's, I don't think even I want to go there because uh, don't chop uh, and change. Stick to your yeah, strengths. Don't chop and change and stick to what they know best. Mm. That that's what. I think this highlighted, and we talked about it in the last podcast. You know, uh, the disappointment of the two friendlies and the way the coaches just not settling into a eleven. Um, the, you know, you highlighted the fact that the team was playing for Goa was playing for each other. All the players were supporting each other. They used to, they're comfortable with each other, um, and it just highlighted the differences to you know the national team. Sorry, you were asking me a question. Yeah, I was just saying the difference between you know yeah, the yeah. way the Goa exactly. played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it it just you know makes you think that you know. Yeah, I think this is what we discussed last time around as well. I mean, nobody knows what is going on. Why is he doing? Why is he doing this? I think it's just. Uh, I hope we uh, find a window for the national team to spend some time together, uh, figure out what they want to do, and I hope it's it's again not like a two-week camp or like a week-long camp, and then you prepare for a, 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 a for an international match because. Right now, I think the team is all over the place. It really lacks an identity. Nobody knows who, you know, what is the plan. Uh, like we said in our last few podcasts as well, I think uh, at least Constantine had a plan. That was very clear. And the team just needed to execute that plan. With Steam match, nobody knows the plan. Nobody knows personal. It's just a, it's just a mess. And I get the feeling that the ISL coaches, the foreign coaches, understand Indian football, Indian football players, uh, the strengths 
and where their weaknesses are and what they're able to do and plan their team accordingly more than Steamac. And it, it's becoming a lot more obvious. I mean, he's a foreign coach himself. So, uh, I like, there is no hard and fast rule to like what, what happens best or whatever. But like, um, if Kali Jamil is being going to be jobless and if Northeast United is going to appoint a, a different manager, I hope or he's being considered for the national team as well. Because you need such characters, I feel. You need somebody to stay long, understand football, understand where these players come from. Sometimes even um, something, uh, an information about a player's background, his social background, his cultural background, mm -hmm. can also add value. Because, mm -hmm. you know, something like, does he know that Suseraj comes from a certain space like this? Does he know that, uh, you know, uh, say, Utanta comes from a particular space? Because they all bring a certain culture of football. They're all representing a part and a kind of football. And that helps as a coach to know what you can hope and what you can get from that player. So, um, I think it's high time we trust an Indian. I mean, we, we trust our women's team with an Indian coach. Why not give our men's team as well? An Indian coach? I think you have to give credit to the likes of Coach Lavero, Coach Fernando, um, um, even Coach Habas, that they seem to get it. Uh, because they're spending that much time with the players and um, getting to understand them. And so also, I think the quality of the coach is bad, right? Sometimes coaches are good enough to train the players in their way. Mm -hmm. Then they come and they're like, hey, this player is lacking this. I'm going to get the coaching staff to work on it and improve because this is the kind of football I want. I think with Lovera especially, he changed footballers. He's like, hey, this is not the kind of football I want you to play. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. And uh, so it's also different coaching methods, I think. So, if you aren't that kind of a coach, that's fine. Because not not all coaches are meant to be great trainers as well. But then at least identify the best players that suit your tactics and make a tactic that will work. That's also important. Yeah. And just going back to Goa, they got one more game. But do you think they've already, um, you know, performed be well, better than expectations, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, yeah of course. I think they've done as proud. was zero points. So, yeah, uh, definitely uh, exceeded expectations. But now, I think if you see the reactions in the two matches itself, the first match, I think 30 minutes, 40 minutes, we were all tweeting, yes, 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 please do this, please continue, please continue. The next match, we were all like, hmm, let's just watch because maybe we can win this. Everybody's like, score a goal, please yeah. convert. So, well, Brandon did the post, didn't he? Yeah. So, the like the tone has also changed, the expectation also grows. I, I hope people understand the next team they're facing is isn't uh, isn't a walkover. <laughs> I think chance. that although the uh, Persepolis of uh, Iran came through the playoffs, I think they are the toughest team. Uh, like I said, they've got a really good track you record. Know what? Again, uh, one they've been really agitated with the the COVID protocols, so a lot of uh, you know things not being in proper in India, and it's their fans have been calling out. So there is some sense of anger and agitation within the squad. And also, let's not forget that India's humid conditions are very difficult for footballers to adapt to. So if you're coming from a space like say Iran or any of these countries, it's it's not it's not going to be easy playing football here. So maybe maybe out of maybe there is a chance that you know. We can come out with I think if they can come out with a draw, that will be the best result out of all three. Hands down. Hands down. Because, yeah. because, of the, because of who they are and what, I mean, what they are for the yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's not often you can say that, you know, um, you can be proud of an Indian football team in continental football, but we can certainly be proud of Goa. The way they performed this week, they've done the nation proud, and obviously with one game to go, they're in contention, which we didn't think might be possible. We were hoping, but it is possible now. And like you say, you never know what, what could happen in that one-off game this week. But the other team we have to talk about, and um, they did uh, the job they had to do, was BFC, um, put away the Nepalese club quite comfortably, 5-0, uh, I think it was. But that is the way it should be against fellow SAF uh, countries. Yeah. But it's not always the case. I mean, I did watch. I did watch the match. It wasn't the most easiest too because it was just one camera. But um, yeah, it was just a blitzkrieg. A lot of goals, and I think what four goals in twelve minutes or something like that. Uh, 
once they found that they had their chances in the first half as well. PFC were the dominant side, and it was very clear from the uh, from the offset. So um, this is this is what I'm trying to say. So if a BFC can do this, if a uh, if a FC Goa can do this, why are we struggling against Bangladesh, against Afghanistan, um, and you know teams like that in in uh, FIFA qualification matches? So that is a worry, and that's what if. AFF is now non-existent. They take no blame. When it comes to the leagues, they're like, you know, we don't have any charge. It's the IMG, uh, it's the Alliance, uh, and the FST are doing it. For this, they'll be like, oh, we've got a coach, but we have no time. We have COVID, this, that. As if these things don't affect anybody else in this country or over. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, I mean, I, I'm tired. Personally, I'm tired calling them out because we've been doing it for years now. Yeah. But, but I'm not tired because it's still new to me. But I know you're um, a warrior that's been in the battle for a long time, so I can imagine you're being tired. But I think it was a good performance, and where Indian football should be, that we should be dominating, uh, whether it's a national team role or club level uh, against teams in our region. And mind you, BFC is also another team that gets really excited about AFC tournaments. Mm. Their fans keep talking about it. Their management is excited about it. They want to play in AFC. I don't know. I don't know if it's just a uh, sentimental value or the, the reach or maybe it's got some marketing ups as well. Maybe, you know, their sponsors will pay double if they make it to the AFC tournaments. I don't know what is the reason, but they really care about the AFC tournament. So they also tend to, you know, get the right signings on board, prepare the team for AFC. I know last year was a disappointment, but uh, so hopefully, uh, hopefully they can also you know, put out a good performance in the cup. And in the next round, they've got a club. Um, from Bangladesh, Shivani, and or uh, I think it's Eagles from the Maldives. Um, you hear quite good things about Bangladeshi league football, so that might be a bit of a test for them. But they should again. Abali tends to get a lot of players from ISL. So uh, if you look at Abali's team all the time, you will know at least five players who played in the Indian leagues as well. So they, I mean, sometimes we sign from Abali as well. So it's it's a team that really is on par with a lot of Indian football teams as well. So. It really, it'll be a close match. It won't be that easy. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how uh, BFC get on. But um, fair play to them. They did what they had to do in the first playoff round. Uh, but you mentioned it there about um, how difficult it was to watch uh, BFC. Um, I was, again, uh, you get fed up of talking about this, you know, the coverage. Uh, it was so disappointing. Yesterday's was a little bit better than the first game in terms of the goal game. But I, I was seeing the Twitter and some of the WhatsApp messages around how difficult it was to see the BFC game. And, you know, I don't know what you can... You, you get, I know... I, said I, mean, I have no blame for BFC per se because they're not a broadcaster, so they did what they could from their end. As a no, club. but where's the, where's the Federation again? Why aren't they insisting on um, the star football who've got the contract to say, well, put it on? You have to put it on. It's yeah. part of the deal. Or, or put it, or put it up for grabs or any other anybody else who wants to do it. Yeah, yeah. Don't just like you know sit on it. I'm I'm not going to eat the grass, but I want to let the other cow also eat the grass. That's a sort of a. And this uh, the goal games will put on Star Sports Three. How does that rank in terms of channels in India? Is that something you get as a package, or something extra you have to yeah. buy in Star you Sports know, Three? You get you get as a package, but it's not the greatest channel usually. I mean, it's usually it's a sideline channel, and a lot of us still. I mean, we take the web version called Hotstar. I think a lot of us watch it on Hotstar uh, mm-hmm. because it's just easier. And, but the stream kept going off in the first match. Yeah. So it was so bad that uh, I don't know if I can say it on air, but like I had to use another third-party link that I found online to watch the match properly, and that was seamless. So that means there was. A proper broadcast going on, it just didn't really appear on uh, hot stuff. So, uh, yeah. very welcome them as well. I don't know what, as fans um, back home and those that follow Indian football here can do about uh, changing this mindset. I don't know what, can, what, what we can do, but it's ridiculous. And it was the same with the friendlies of the national team, last minute decisions on broadcasting, and even then, yet it was um, Arabic commentary in some cases. Um, it, it just, you know, in, in this day and age, it's ridiculous. And um, you know, I wish as a, a fan base, we had more, um, you know, s- 
things that we could do to uh, change attitudes, but I don't know how. We'll have to do uh, some sort of have a huge forum of what we can do to uh, change uh, the way football is um, managed, but that's for another conversation. What is managed well is the uh, Champions League here, because it was a strange day on Wednesday. Um, was it Wednesday, Thursday? We, I watched the Doha game against Al Ryan, and then straight away it was uh, PSG against Bayern. A brilliant, brilliant game. One of the best games I've seen. Both legs, to be fair. Um, and and Pape, he just keeps on. He's unbelievable. He's, he's, he's got to be far, by far number one player at the moment. Yeah, hands down. Just unstoppable. He's, he's got raw pace. He's got dribbling. He's, he's versatile. He can play in the right. He can play in the centre. He can play in the left. It's just unbelievable talent. And uh, I, I mean... And let's also not forget Neymar. I thought Neymar was exceptional as well. I thought a lot of people were again criticizing, saying he doesn't have the end product, and you know, yeah, he's still a very, uh, you know, uh, he's more. He dies too much for me. That overrides any talent he has. I know, but like, I don't know. Again, if you go back to you know South American football and what they are, do you not like Suarez? I love Suarez. I think he's one of the greatest. Uh, one of the best footballers in the last uh, 10 15 years, but yeah, what he does, you know, beyond his football can be so irritating. And I, I hated him when he was playing at Liverpool, I thought he was he, he was so annoying. And then that's that's the point, right? Sometimes footballers, I mean, not all footballers need to be nice and loved, sometimes they need to be the most more dirty ones. I wish Neymar was more dirtier in terms of his intent, he's just rolling around and not necessarily in, in his aggression on the pitch. But you don't uh, see that with Mbappe. That's my my point. You don't. You can be. No, you can exist player. that way. I don't know. And you don't, You've never seen that with Messi. Messi, I think Messi can be annoying. I, I don't know. I think it's just a um, it's a PR cultivated image that Messi is always nice and calm and all that. I think all these players lose their uh, you know even Ronaldo. All well, it, it took Messi what uh, twenty years before to to get a red card or something ridiculous like that. I mean. Messi is not a footballer. He's he's something else, you know. It's, it's unfair to compare him to other footballers. He's just no. But in terms of, of the temperament, I, I get what you point. You know, they're very competitive. But in terms of you know how they, uh, no, I I'm just saying you don't have to be say Suarez level, but there needs to be that extra aggression. If if, if I'm signing a forward, I want somebody who will be willing to put his head when a goalkeeper is charging. That's that's the kind of striker, and you get that from some sort of sense of toughness, and you see that uh, uh, some, a peak Edison Cavani, for example, all of these people do it. I know, I know Lewandowski is unbelievably nice, and he's super sweet, and he's smiling, and he's, he's still as lethal as any of these other strikers. But I'm just saying the other will exist as well. It's not like a world where only nice people will play football and only niceness. And the fact that they are, you know not so pleasant doesn't take away the fact that they are incredible footballers sometimes you just i mean uh did you like Gattuso as a player he he would i mean yeah, but his I, role was different wasn't it he was an enforcer so he, he comes with the role yeah I, you can have an enforcer as a striker as well if you ask me like it really it really depends on what the team wants to do it's not just a central defensive midfielder's role to be mean and mad, nasty or whatever I think that's a striker as a winger. No, but I think there's a a line between mean and nasty and. I'm telling you, get away because he is an Italian. (laughs) And if if he was a if he was from South America, you would see the media and everybody sitting on his head saying, "What a nasty player! He destroyed careers. He shouldn't be anywhere in the field and things like that." So just. uh, it's also sometimes overly romanticized when a certain kind of people do it. They're like super aggression, great mentality. But if you if it doesn't match with your sense of what is, um, you know, what is right and what is wrong on the pitch, then suddenly, especially yeah. the Brits. Well, I was going to. I was just about to say that it might be because of the environment I've been brought up in, in terms of the football here, where it is definitely frowned upon, uh, even if it's your own player in your own team uh, diving. You know. People will call him out, and um, you know we we call it the European disease, not like, I, I South was American disease. FA Cup, I was watching the FA Cup semi-final yesterday, and for the life of me, I didn't understand why Mason Mount was not falling 
because Fernandino made two horrible challenges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was two yellow cards for me, and that's that's a red card. And if he was clever, I, I'm sure he should have just fallen and you know tumbled. Uh, well, you know, if he was Neymar, he would have definitely fallen, screamed his head off, rolled around about ten times. Uh, but that's the difference uh, between what is expected I, in England. I love Mason Mount, but. What if, uh, you know, Fernandino had scored a 90-second minute goal and then he would have, like, he had, he made two horrible challenges and he didn't even get a yellow card. Yeah, yeah. So no, I'll take your point. Also, but... It's also clever football, right? So, and these referees also, the moment the player doesn't fall, they don't card, card this, uh, you know, the, the perpetrator. So, it's, it's all very confusing. I think football gives us so many signals that sometimes I think you are also encouraged to hold. Because there's no other way. I, I used to feel really uh, horrible for Edin Hazard. I think he, he constantly averaged yeah. around 15 uh, fouls a match. Mm, yeah, he was, yeah. And yet, I mean, people would like accuse him if he's rolling, he's diving, he's jumping. I, mean, I thought he was one of those players who didn't fall that often. Mm, and I was like, I understand if I was in that position, I would roll around more because I need some protection. Because it's usually the 13th tackle that finally gets that player a, a yellow card. I mean, I'm not saying the player made 13 tackles, but overall the player, uh, you know, receiving it, for him it's a 13th tackle or the 15th tackle that's eventually leading to a yellow card and some sense of traction. So, yeah. again, yeah, not justifying the rule here and Neymar does it too much. I agree all that, but sometimes you, you have to understand from the other side of it. I think football's become, in, you know, football's growing such a way that is no longer the 90s or 80s where you can tackle so much and get away with it. You have to be very clever. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, it's probably an English trait that's come into me. But I just um, find it really annoying when players, um, and Neymar seems to be the one uh, that we're talking about at the moment. But there's others that, you know, you just have like, to Like if you base. ask me if Neymar can join Chelsea and will you take him? I know a lot of people, I, I think one or two years back, there was a slight suggestion of Neymar wanting to leave. And, you know, Chelsea being one of those clubs with the rich owners, there was obviously a lot of uh, speculation. And I saw a lot of people saying, no, we don't want Neymar, we don't want Neymar. And I was like, holy hell, how, how can you say no to Neymar? No, you know, to be fair, it'd be the same. It'd be the same, you know, we're not in that league. But, you know, if we were in that league and there was talk of Neymar coming to Leicester, there would be a few comments of saying, no, we don't want that type of... I think it might be simply down to the English trade. Um, of not liking that side of football. Yeah, you get tacked. I think Edin Hazard example you gave was right. You know, he he was too good and late tackles coming in because of his class, and he used to take quite a bit of punishment like Messi does. But with Neymar, it's just too blatant. You know, it's just it just crosses the line too too much for me, and especially when he has a, uh, the the type of player that he has next to him and Papa, who does hardly any of that. Okay. It just stands out. But okay. I think yeah, we, we, I have no, I have no clear um, justification for it. And I'm again, I'm not, uh, I'm not a fan of what Neymar does off the ball. But I also feel some sense of sympathy. Um, I've seen most. He's been he's been yellow carded for a rainbow flick. He tried a rainbow flick, and the referee gave him a yellow card. This is this is something that has actually happened in his PSG career. So. Sometimes I think as a player, you're like frustrated. This is like the world doesn't want me to go play my football because everybody's just jumping in with tackles. So I have to roll around because that's the only way that fellow's getting a yellow card. The other one, I'll just say it as well because I said it here to my friends here that I lost a little bit of respect for it was Kevin De Bruyne when he played against Leicester and the blatant dive that he got a free kick for. Nobody touched him, but he was screaming for a free kick. And then later on, he was crying out for a yellow card. And I thought, you're better than that, mate. You shouldn't be doing that. Let your footballing do the talking. You don't have to be, you know, such a borderline cheat and things like that. It just, I think, I think we'll have to agree that it might be an English trait. And uh, we don't like this. Um, but don't English players do it? It, they get called out. Um, in fact, there's a talk show here on um, Saturdays. There's, it's the the number one football uh, talk show on uh, Five Life, and they actually have a slot every week where they call out the divers, name and shame as it were, um, every week to try and, and they call out Harry, they've called out Harry Kane, you know, the top players, English players, but it's just called out, it's just not acceptable here. 
to not in England. Strange, because I mean, yeah, I mean, city is uh, definitely a very strong side, but again, I, it really depends on how on what Pep uh, Guardiola is going to do. I hope he doesn't overthink. I I have to. I feel that he has this tendency when it comes to big matches, he wants to overcomplicate things. Don't you just let your players go out there and have fun because it's got so much talent. And I don't think uh, I and I also think Sterling is a little off form. So maybe you know uh, you need to uh, you know come up with a clever ploy. Mares should be playing because I think he's one of the most uh, direct players that they have. Bernardo, Bernardo Silva seems to be getting back his form like he was two years back. So he's also there. Foden, I think, is one of the best British players out there. So Foden should be playing. Gundogan is, I think, the best midfield connect. And mm-hmm. he carries the ball so effortlessly and he can score a lot of goals as well. So all these players should be starting, in my opinion. Yeah. And if he doesn't go and you know think that, oh, this is going to be a big, big team, so I need Rodri and Fernandino and all, then. If those guys are going to play, I don't think uh, PSG will have any problem uh, because their front is just with Neymar and Mbappe. Mbappe's pace is just staggering. It's it just, is. It so, is. The control yeah, he so. has with that pace and what he does with the football with that pace is just um, another level. Uh, but I, I agree with you. And there is a lot of... I know in England, Man City are the favourites to win the Champions League in the last four and before that, the, you know, because of the nature of their squad and first team. Um, but I think they're going to find it difficult against PSG. Both teams, this is the trophy that they want. Their owners want this trophy. Uh, Pepper said, you know, he'll be a failure if he doesn't win the Champions League. Um, we know managers get sacked winning. I mean, Tuchel won three out of the four cups with PSG last season and uh, was sacked. Um, so a lot of pressure on both managers, um, and it'll be interesting to see uh, with Pochettino as well. You know, he's had a bit of um, experience with getting to the final. Um, Pep, obviously, we know his record uh, against so, Pep. Sorry, against Pep. So he, did, I mean, that Spurs side played against uh, Manchester City and then qualified for. The semi select, so yeah, yeah, um, and Zidino has a controversial last minute um goal that was disallowed, uh, but they got there. And um, top two managers coming ahead, top top players. I'm really, really looking forward to that. But I'm really looking forward to the game later today. I know your boys have made it to Wembley. Um, it's been a nervous day for me, nervous weekend. Um, unless, um, I don't know how to describe, but the FA Cup is one dream. All Leicester fans have because we've been there to the final. All right, the last one was over 50 years ago. But um, to get to the final again means so, so much. And we are going in there as favourites. But it's already, you know, we we were talking during the week amongst uh, the colleagues and friends who support Leicester that um, because of the experience we had last season in the same final against uh, Aston Villa where we were, you know, really half favours to get to the final there in the Carabao Cup, that um, we don't want things to go wrong. But it's also the fact that uh, crowds are going to be allowed in. It's one of the test events, so there'll be about 4,000 people there, all from the local community. Um, But uh, as a neutral, uh, how do you see that? Give me some hope. Oh, I mean, I'm sure Leicester should be going in as a favourites to definitely make it to the finals because... Southampton has been a team struggling. Uh, they haven't. I mean, they were quite nice in the initial parts of the Premier League season, but then they really, you know, lacked the pace or lacked the vision. And uh, unless they just turn it up for their special semi-final performance, I think Leicester are favourites. Again, it really sometimes depends on the mentality, right? Sometimes when it comes to a big pressure match, a lot of teams will be like, you know, maybe we should be cautious. And it's. I don't think it's huge for Leicester or the city to be that cautious. I they play their free-flowing football and uh, just uh, believe in their abilities. And looking forward for a, a, a blue a blue derby for the final. Absolutely. And the other thing will be that actual fans will be allowed to the Wembley final 20,000. So um, it'll be like winning the lottery if I can, if, well, firstly, less to get there and then being able to get the ticket. Um, but another big reason is that today, and I'm just going to, I don't want to make you feel bad, but um, it's the first day we're allowed, I am going out, we've been allowed to go to the pub 
from last Monday, but only outdoors, not indoors. And we have to book tables and things like that. You can't just walk in to most of the places. So I've booked a table just today, this afternoon, to uh, calm the nerves before the game this evening. So a couple of big uh, uh, events happening today that I'm really looking forward to to yes. try and ease the nerves. Uh, but uh, yeah. Because we'll... we had a break in between, so it feels nice that, uh, I mean, throughout Christmas and, uh, you know, my birthday and all that, we, we could do whatever <laughs> we were. No, like, this is going to I be... did. I personally chose to not do it a lot, but um, you could obviously. And I did visit the uh, very nice uh, cafe by the beach and all. So I can't really complain. I think this next few months are very crucial for India. So I'm happy yeah. to just go Absolutely, yeah, but this is going to be my first visit out to any sort of um, hospitality uh, place since last August, uh, looking forward right. to that. It must be exciting. Yes, uh, well, more more for the uh, calming of the nerves before the big game, so we'll see how it goes. But uh, brilliant, All, um, it's flown by again, I'm just looking at the time and we've talked a lot again about what's happening around the world of football, so it's been a great catch-up. Um, more importantly, Hopefully, um, we can talk more about what happens with Goa in the last game in the same way we talk about the first two games. Uh, but just as importantly, please stay safe, um, yourself and your family. Um, I know things are, will improve, but um, hopefully they'll improve very quickly. But thank you again for your time today.